What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Frame by Frame. I'm your host, Aman, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, the one with no nickname, Alice. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Aman. Thank you. I'm excited. You know, it's going to be the last one of the year, you know? So, yeah. Rolling in, you know? Technically, when our viewers are watching this or our listeners are hearing this, it's already going to be the new year. So, happy new year out there to everyone. I just celebrated New Year's in Dubai. Uh, I don't think Alice has yet. What time is it there? Isn't it like no? It is. It's only one thirteen when I'm recording right now. So we still got a little bit of time, right? Uh, but with that out of the way, guys, uh, it, since it's uh, end of the year, start of the new year time period, uh, let's do some. Let's celebrate a bit. You know, let's talk about uh, the movies we, uh, as the game media, enjoyed the most. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, you know, this is you're listening to Frame by Frame, a podcast about all your favorite movies and TV shows. And today we'll be talking, taking a look at Save the Game Media's top 10 movies of 2022. Yeah, that is what we're going to do. Before we begin, let's take a shout out to our patrons. Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, Amon, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, and Hudak, Nikolai Knight, Cypher Primus, Brennan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, and the Snack Network. If you want to hear your name at the start of our podcast and along with these others, and make sure to head over on to save the on patreon.com slash save the game media and subscribe to the tier of your liking. And if you're an audio listener, make sure you go to YouTube slash save the game media and subscribe to our channel for daily content where you can also leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming service to help us grow. Every five star review is going to end up being read right here on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, with all the housekeeping out of the way, before we jump into the top 10 list, uh, Jemmy, I wanted to, uh, I mean, sorry, Alice, I wanted to ask you, what movie disappointed you the most this year in terms of worst movie watched or most disappointed? Hmm. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> That's an interesting question because I feel like there's a lot of movies, there's a couple movies that be candidates with that, and it depends on for different reasons. Um, there was a movie I saw called Empire of Light, which personally I was just really looking forward to, which was just disappointing. I was just kind of let down by that. But it wasn't. That one was something I personally was invested in, but it wasn't like something that a bunch of people were raving about. Um, Avatar, Way of Water, I personally think was a disappointing waste of space of a movie that took far too long to actually get to. Now, that's not saying it's a bad movie because I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a, a poorly made movie, but I definitely would qualify that as a disappointment. Then you have something like, I'd say, Multiverse of Madness, which again, I don't even think is necessarily all bad because you know I'll rag about the Aluma Wadi joke, but there are some decent scenes in that and actually moments in the movie. The problem is just that I think it had a lot of potential. I wasn't even one of those people who was like, it needs to be a bunch of cameos or whatever. We need to see like the whole multiverse colliding. But at the same time, I felt like they had a chance to tell a really good character focused doctor, a story with both Doctor Strange and Wanda. And I don't really think they pulled it off with either of them. That's fair. Um, the movie I'm going to pick uh, is a Marvel movie, obviously. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, that movie disappointed me. I don't know what I expected. I think I was, you know, uh, I loved Ragnarok so much 
that uh, I don't know, something about Love and Thunder just felt off. You know, Ragnarok, I think it has a perfect balance of humor, uh, amazing action sequences, not filled with, you know, um, childish humor. Uh, I thought the goats in Love and Thunder were kind of uh, overdoing it. But uh, uh, but yeah, overall, I would say the most disappointing movie, a disappointing movie for me uh, in 2022 had to be Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, but uh, any honorable mention, uh, Alice, that you want to um, talk about, before, which a movie that wasn't included in your top 10 list? Uh, I think. If I had to pick one honorable mention, I would probably say one movie that was actually probably the biggest surprise of the year. I almost forgot it came out until I saw it again. And I think it was far better than it really had any right to be. Was that Chip and Dale movie, the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie? was surprisingly good. It very much had all the hallmarks of a Disney cash grab. You had the celebrity uh, uh, stars, you know, you had uh, what Andy Samberg and uh, um, John Mulaney playing it. You had, um, you know, the, the CGI human hybrids, but overall it actually ended up working pretty good. It very much felt like a modern type of um what's that movie called roger rabbit which i thought was a pretty enjoyable movie overall. what would you say hmm uh my honorable mention um this isn't really a movie but i feel like we need to shout out werewolf by night that movie was extremely creative and uh you know something very different from marvel to pursue uh and i'm glad they took that risk with michael giacchino uh, and uh, whatever, and what he did with that movie was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, going back to that ni- '90s campy horror movie style, absolutely loved it. Uh, I don't know if it really qualifies as a movie. Do you think it does? It's more like a special-ish. You know? eh, eh, I mean, it depends on your. In the past, people had qualified movies was an hour in length, so you had shorter mm-hmm. movies in general. So That's I would true. say it, it. I would say it's good enough. It, it's not necessarily enough. Let's yeah. say it's a surprising project. It was it was one surprising, of the most surprising project. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be that good, uh, but overall, I left happy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was quite kind of more attached to the characters from that than some of the TV shows we got. So uh, yeah, uh, pleasantly surprised with what Michael Giacchino did with the movie. Uh, but with all this out of the way, you want to jump into our top ten list? Sure thing. All right. So uh, coming up, number ten. Let me just share the screen. For um, you know, this is my first time sharing the screen on this new uh, uh, platform you're using, Melon. So let's see how it works. But uh, shouldn't be too bad. Uh, but coming in at number ten is Black Adam. Um, so Kevin had this on his list uh, at number seven. I had it on number ten, and Tom had it on number eight. Uh, you, Taylor, Sam, um, none of you guys had it on your list. But but Jimmy, have you? Did you watch? Did you? Uh, did you end up watching Black Adam? Oh yes, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it twice. My brother is actually a much more of a fan of it than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, this movie was fine. It was not that it was bad. It was not that it was particularly good. To me, it felt like mm-hmm. the perfect the Wayne Johnson movie. Oh, yeah. I, I heard one person describe it online that it was almost like a. Uh, uh, it was like a wrestling movie come to life. You had the bad guy with the heel turn. You know, they teamed up at the end. It was like one large wrestling show. But to me, this was a 
it was a rock driven movie. Like this wasn't necessarily a a good Black Adam adaptation. I feel like Black Adam as a character, he has the potential to be on the likes of a Doctor Doom. He has the potential to be on a Thanos for the DC. Even if you're going to not do him at that level, he's one of Shazam's most iconic villains and Dwayne Johnson seemed to not even want to have him interact with the character whatsoever. So it's like, I feel that they could have done a lot more with the character if it hadn't been attached to him. So I'm interested to see the new DCU if we could see this uh, a new version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a pretty well-known character, you know, through the Injustice games, the animated movies. Uh, a lot of the, you know, not so much nerdy people like you and me uh, know about, uh, are aware of the character of Black Adam. So. Uh, yeah, I, overall, I like this movie. It's a, it's in it's in number ten, so you can tell I didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a solid it was a solid action movie, uh, and uh, you know better than some most of the stuff we've done from the DCU, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I think um, you uh, I what the Justice Society were uh, excited me more about this movie than Black Adam as a character itself. So uh, yeah, uh, I think number ten is you know tenth place is a good spot for this movie. Uh, but you want to move on to number nine? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, coming in at number nine, we have... Oh, I think it's tied. Oh, no, it's not. It is Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I did not... I was hoping this movie would be nowhere near uh, the top ten list. But, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, quite a few people seem to enjoy it. Kevin had it at number five. Uh, I did not have it on my list. Taylor didn't have it on his list. Tom had it in number nine as well, uh, number nine, and Sam had it on tenth place. And Alice, you didn't have it on your list either. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on this movie? See, now here's something that I found interesting with the whole saga of Love and Thunder. For me personally, while a lot of people have put this as probably one of the absolute worst examples of Phase Four, I actually think I enjoyed it. Here's for the simple fact is it's not necessarily when near my top. I feel like the top is locked at things like Werewolf by Night, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man. But to me, it was exactly what was promised. I'm a big fan of Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi's projects he's known for, he's the dude who made a comedy about Hitler and won an Oscar for it. He's the dude who came up with the vampires, the comedy show where the vampires live in Philadelphia and go about their life. All of his stuff is comedy by nature. So I knew when he made this that it was going to be a comedy. So I accepted that the moment they said that he was going to be returning as the director. Meanwhile, I actually think that the stuff with Jane was handled decently. I do agree that it could have spent a bit more, but I honestly felt that that wasn't an issue with pacing per se. There just need to be more in the movie. Looking at it, there was a lot of scenes that cut. It looked like we'd have had some more potential time with Jane. That stuff I felt like could have been in the movie, but for what was presented, I think it works. I think she had a decent emotional core. For one thing, I was actually proud of Marvel for uh, killing off, killing her off. I thought that they, they could have easily taken the easy way out, but they didn't. Now, that being said, there's problems with the movie. One thing I was thinking about reflecting on, I was talking with my brother, is as the narrative is presented in the movie, there's absolutely nothing that goes to show that Gore was wrong. In fact, if you really just look at it, aside from the head knowledge that, yeah, it's bad to kill the gods, when he kidnapped the children, children, he never actually threatened them once. He never 
tried to harm them. His plan was pretty solid based off of what happened in his life. And even then, Thor's appeal to change his mind wasn't actually telling him he's wrong, but just basically telling him, hey, you could choose to save your daughter instead, which might be a better wish. Now, also, I think Christian Bale could have been used better, even though he's saying himself that he'd be willing to return for a different role. So this might not even necessarily be the last we'd see of him. So I'm ultimately fine with the movie. I can understand why people don't like it, but I feel like it's kind of... I expected what it was, so I wasn't taken off guard by the jokes. I expected him to lean into it more since people responded well to Ragnarok. Yeah, I think that was the problem with it. He leaned into it a bit too much because I thought Ragnarok was the perfect balance. It had it had the humor, it had the action, it had the emotional scenes, it had all of it. I thought there was there were some major issues with the pacing uh, in Thor: Love and Thunder. You know, we, we, we just get to see Jade and suddenly she has the hammer, she has the suit, everything's done. And uh, yeah, at the end she just dies off super quick. So uh, I thought there, there were some issues with the pacing. Maybe some more scenes that Taika filmed uh, that didn't make it into the final cut would have helped with that. But overall, I wasn't too pleased with this movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's one of the lowest ranked uh, MCU movies uh, in my eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, anything else you want to add about this movie before we move on to number eight? Not really. Okay, so coming in at number eight, we have um, we have a tie over here, so it's two movies. Uh, so the first one we have was, um, it's Prey. Uh, I had this pretty high on my list at number three. I was surprised to see none of, none of, none of the other guys had it, uh, but Sam did at number nine. Uh, but Jemmy, I I think you've watched Prey, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on this? So this one is, I think, a case of a movie that in a different year probably would have actually made it on my list. I don't think it necessarily, the the fact that it's not on my list has nothing to do with the quality of it. It's just at the end of the day, this was my first Predator movie. So I have very little attachment to the franchise compared to this was a lot of the bigger franchise we're hitting off this year. So, you know. That was just, it wasn't probably going to make on my list unless it was literally the best movie of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, though, I think this was a great reinvigoration. You know, from what I've heard, I have actually uh, gone back and done, I haven't watched any of them yet, but done a little bit of digging into the, uh, the, the franchise. And I think that this is a good reinvigoration. I think the whole approach, like we talked about in our spoiler cast, that was one of our first ones we did. We talked about the idea or maybe approach of them doing like Predator movies set in different time periods. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a great idea. Um, I'm also excited to see the actress. What was she? Gonna, she's in. So, she's going to be in something else, right? The, I have the no idea. lead actress. Um, hmm. Okay, well, I heard she was going to be in something else, but I liked all the performers. So. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. was a good. That was a good movie. Oh, yeah. I think this was a great breakthrough performance for her. Uh, I don't know why, but I just loved this movie. Uh, I thought the plot was very simple, very basic. Uh, it felt grounded in reality. You know, Predator wasn't in it for much of the movie. It was just near the very, uh, near the very end. Uh, it was more about her struggle of her not being able to fit in with the rest of the clan. Uh, and yeah, I thought that simple plot really grounded the movie. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a nice short uh, flick, which I uh, absolutely adored. Uh, the visuals were great. The sound, uh, the sound design was absolutely amazing. Uh, the costume designs were great, and uh, yeah, uh, in my opinion, I don't uh, think there's. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. In my opinion, I don't think there was anything to hate about it. So, 
uh yeah this this rang pretty high on my list uh but yeah let's she is going to be playing princess ua in the um in the avatar live action adaptation that's her next oh, live role, action avatar. that's a pretty uh, yeah, yeah that's a pretty she's gonna be playing a pretty decent role so she'll be she'll have a pretty big part up in the probably towards the end of the first season if they adapt it yeah Straight well, uh, through. I I've never watched Avatar, the uh, animated show, uh, Last Airbender. Huh? Yeah. We'll have uh, to do, we should do like a watch through. We should maybe yeah, make that like, like a, a I feel like that's something I should get onto. You know, I haven't watched a lot of well known series for someone running a movie podcast. I haven't, I've never watched Lord of the Rings <laughs> trilogy. Uh, I've never watched Jaws. I've never watched a single Jaws movie. Uh, and now I haven't watched Avatar, The Last Airbender. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's been, I would suggest you, know, you get I, on that. Yeah, uh, we probably do some uh, a recap. Uh, maybe you know, I'll probably when I do get around to watching them, we'll probably talk about it on the podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, coming in again at number eight as well, uh, another movie which uh, shares the spotlight with uh, Prey is Scream. Uh, Scream Five. This was on no one's list except for uh, Kevin. Added at number one. But uh, yeah. Um, I, I so why does way? So why does it get to make our list then? If he's the that feels weird. <laughs> anyway, okay. I guess it's just our proximity being number one on his. Movie, I have, I have, I haven't watched this movie, so I have no idea. Um, I can't say anything about this movie. Um, except for what I know about it culturally, I do know that this was basically this combined with the movie X, where the one-two punch that basically brought Jenny Ortega to the spotlight. Um, as we're seeing, um, her kind of having a resurgence. You know, there's talk about her possibly in talks for a Marvel role. Obviously, she was um really <laughs> people really like her on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I was a fan of her on um, back when she was on Disney Channel. Uh, I heard, you know, it's a fun horror movie. I really can't say anything about it, though. I haven't seen it. So, yeah, I haven't. Uh, the, you know, the first time I heard of her was Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't really say much about it. But yeah, Kevin seemed to really enjoy this movie. He had it on number one. Uh, so um, yeah, there's nothing uh, else we'd like to add to it. So uh, let's move on to number seven. Which I think is another tie. That shows you how close this list was. Um, but coming in at number seven is Glass Onion. Um, so yeah, none. Uh, I, I didn't put this on my list because I was uh, kind of disappointed with this movie. But uh, uh, Alice, you had it. Sam had it. Uh, what What did you think? Ah, hmm. uh, this was one of my. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson. I'm glad that he's getting to do stuff away because I was a fan of Last Jedi and I for the life of me can't understand to this day why people react to that movie in the way they did. I'm still excited to hopefully see if he does more Star Wars but in the meantime I thought that this improved. I think personally that this was an extremely smartly written and tightly written movie. You know as a writer just digging back through and even on my repeat watch now that it's back on Netflix digging back through some of the themes and how it carries through without spoilers, the idea of a glass onion, I think mm -hmm. does it really well. Um, I also think, frankly, this movie did a good job at tricking me. I was kind of like, eh, to disappointed up until there's a very pivotal point. Amon, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what point oh, yeah. I'm talking about. But there's a point where a switch flips. Even then, 
a lot of reviews were talking about how Janelle Monet was like one of the breakout stars of the movie. And up until a certain point, I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, she's literally doing not much. And no, then okay. it becomes, I think, and then the movie, I think, does something. Because the thing about what I feel that Ryan Johnson is trying to do with these Knives Out movies is at the end of the day, you can't, um, there's only so many ways you can tell a mystery. The whodunit is one of the oldest literary genres as a concept, you know, oldest popular literary genre. So there's only so many ways you can reinvent the wheel. Uh, both of these movies, I would argue, are anti-mysteries. The mysteries themselves are either deceptively simple or they straight up spoil it towards the beginning of the movie. But what is, well, what they do with how they play around with the audience expectations, I think, is very well. And I also think, and personally, I'm a much better fan of Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc than I am as his Bond. Not saying his Bond is bad at all, but I feel like he really gets to let loose and you really get to feel his character lived in with with Blanc. Yeah, I love Craig as Bond, but uh, him as Benoit Blanc is absolutely amazing. I think the relationships he has with the kids, with this character, you know, him and that main anti- uh, the main uh, protagonist of the movie, uh, it's, it's always uh, it's always comedic in a, in a way. Uh, I like the way he thinks it takes things quite literally. And uh, yeah, Benoit Blanc as a character, love him, loved him. Uh, but the movie as a whole, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like the ending didn't satisfy me as much uh, as the first movie did. Because when the first movie, when the big plot, well, when the big mystery is revealed, it's like, oh, that makes sense. In the second movie, I was like, okay, I like that twist that we, which you were talking about earlier. I like that. But then at the end, when you know um, a certain thing happens and a certain character starts smashing everything, I'm like, okay, well, what's going on here? I don't really get it. But uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I didn't think this was good enough to be on my top ten list. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that it, it wasn't a bad movie. Just. It, the ending wasn't satisfying enough for me. That uh, the way Knives Out was, Knives Out is uh, in my top ten movies of all time. Uh, so that ending re- was really, really satisfying for me. So this movie kind of, you know, felt. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I had my expectations too high. Uh, but uh, but yeah, moving on. Uh, tied in again at number seven um, is where we, where do we go? Uh, yes, over here. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? this? This wasn't on your list, so what do you think? Uh, so again, this is a movie that I feel like is very hard for me to judge. It has almost so... It, it flip-flops to me so much. It has, in my opinion, some genuinely great scenes. Some of the best visuals that we've had ever in a Marvel movie. The scene where Wanda's coming out of the water dream walking sequence it has some really cool visuals also on paper it has some really cool moments the first ever confirmation of the illuminati the you the real first time we're using the multiverse as a framing device even then you know a lot of cool moments but personally this movie felt like basically this this phase to me i've compared this phase a lot of times in in other stuff to phase one mm-hmm. and to the fact that I felt like they're kind of building things out to me right. though, this one didn't feel like a phase one and this one didn't feel like a phase one movie to me. This movie felt like some of the worst impulses of phase two. This honestly felt just kind of slapped together. It had a lot of great comic book moments, but as a movie, this felt like an updated version of age of Ultron, a bunch of cool moments of things that happened, 
but I can't really say for me personally, it was a good movie at any point put together. Wanda, I think, you know, and that's not even a testament to anything badly done. The the directing was done well. The um, Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor. So is Elizabeth Olsen. They both anchor it well. Even um, the uh, actors they got for America Chavez, I think does a pretty good job. The writing is so strange because the writers they had were the same ones that they had for Loki, which in my opinion had some of the tightest writing in Marvel, and then you got jokes like Illuma Wadi. It just quite literally does not make any sense. The movie is weird. <laughs> I think it's perfect. It's it's too chaotic. I think right. perhaps this was a case of the director switch being too much. Mm-hmm. I definitely think this was kind of a disappointment for me, though, as I talked right. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Kevin really liked it. He had it on number four, uh, but I had it pretty low at number nine. Um, again, Though one of the main reasons I had uh, this uh, uh, on my list is because of the visuals and how much uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching this movie as a, a visual showcase. Uh, you know, Sam Raimi's directing style, uh, those '90s quick cuts, absolutely adored it. Uh, but again, I agree with you on the writing. Uh, the right, I think there were some rumors about um, um, who I, I'm forgetting who's who's the writer. He's also doing Secret Wars, isn't he? Uh, I can't remember. Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron, yes. Uh, my, uh, there were some rumors that he uh, only apparently had about two months to put this together and all that. Uh, I don't know how true they are. Uh, but yeah, it did look a bit sloppy. Uh, and uh, again, uh, the visuals were great. I thought this um, Wanda's arc was very satisfying going from WandaVision into this movie. I thought her character arc was uh, very well uh, put together. Uh, and yeah, overall, I-, I thought it was a fun movie to watch. Again, as you said, very chaotic. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, it could have been it could have been much better. I thought the ceiling for this movie was very high, and unfortunately, it didn't it didn't it didn't hit it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, let's move on to number six. Um, so number six on our list. Uh, I don't think this is a tie. Uh, so let's see. Uh, let us see. Let us. It see. is everything. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, so yeah, huh. you didn't. Have you seen it? I have not watched it. This is one of the movies. Oh this my is god! One. Okay, so I'm not actually going to. So basically, so this is a perfect segue. I'm glad that these two movies were back to back. This movie, to me, was everything that Multiverse of Madness should have been. And again, this is not. Well, I really like the directing style of the movie. It was something, it wasn't even that it hadn't been done before. And I'm not even necessarily saying that the directors are better than Sam Raimi. or mm-hmm. Definitely a better written movie, though. But this movie had everything. It was an all-original story that used the multiverse, I think, in a creative way that we haven't necessarily seen it framed before. But it was a really cool mechanic. It had great visuals. It had great storytelling. It had great messaging. Um, this movie was the multiverse of madness that I wanted this year. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm personally would love to see if Marvel, for whatever reason, decides to go outside house to do Secret Wars, if they decided to bring the directors on, because I know it's a directing team, but if they decided for whatever reason to get someone new, I highly doubt they would. If they did, I'd love to see them come in for something like this or or maybe even an X-Men project or something else down the line because mm-hmm. it was a uh, very good who's movie. Who's directing Thunderbolts? 
Um, Thunderbolts. Hold on, let me see. Because um, you know, uh, you know, since Marvel likes to do and go in house with all this stuff, and Thunderbolts might be like the Civil War of uh, this saga. Um, what do we think about this? It Civil seems War? to be that what's the name is going to be the Civil. I would comparatively, it seems to be that uh, Captain America is the Civil War ish right. movie. New World Order. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So New World Order. Yeah. Uh, I um Jake Schreiner. He is relatively new. Um, he's mostly known. He's known for something called Robot and Frank and Paper Towns. Which I'm not super familiar with. He also has done some TV work, uh, and he's known for directing music videos. I guess so. He's not. Damn. But yeah, he's, uh, he's an interesting. I can see choice. the director for either um, Thunderbolts or New World Order, uh, sort of taking the mantle for Secret Wars. What do you think about that? Or do you think that's cutting too? Oh, uh, I mean, eh, I think. Not necessarily, because I think that it'll be about who... Um, it's not just about them going in-house, but it's also about who they're giving it to. As of right now, if we look at the projects that they're giving people, um, Jack Schaefer, she was the director and showrunner of WandaVision. The projects she was given were um, Agatha, uh, Wonder Man, Vision, all projects related to Wanda. Ryan Coogler, when he was given Ironheart, and he's possibly a, one of the people people say is in the running for Secret Wars, he was given Wakanda stuff and right. stuff related to Wakanda. Um, Daniel Cretton, uh, he was um, you know, doing Secret Wars. We're seeing that there's a lot of evidence that the, the Ten Rings has ties to uh, be, um, Kang technology. So, you know, stuff like that. We can see that they're playing with the stuff. So, for the street level stuff, I'd expect those directors to do it. And even then, we kind of already see that. The writer from New World Order is the same person who was writing um, Cap Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'd expect probably them to do something like, uh, I don't know, whatever the next Avengers movie. The next right. Avengers movie, uh, after that, if there's another street level project, or maybe new Avengers or something like that, I could see that. Or if, like, yeah, I know, a, a, a Dark Rain project right. something like that um secret wars i think will probably be handled if it's not by daniel it'll probably be handled by someone who's already either playing in the cosmic side or playing with the major characters ryan coogler has already shown his ability to handle a lot of characters so i think that's going to go a long way and money talks he's given marvel its best successes outside of avengers movies um if they don't convince the uh russo brothers to come back you know I think there's other options. And also another thing is there, it could always be someone that is in-house, but not there yet. Um, I've seen some people point out that it's very possible that um, Matt, whatever his name is, the guy who's doing Fantastic Four, he yeah, might also do Secret Wars. Yeah, right. he might also do it. Um, there's some interesting news that we're actually getting, hearing about today about the villain that I think might oh, yeah. put some people off that possible idea. But either way, I think that um, I don't think it'll be a Thunderbolts person. Okay. That was a very long. That was way too <laughs> that, long. That, that yeah, argument, yeah. that that conversation shifted very quickly from uh, to movies of the year to back to Marvel. But uh, uh, but yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's on my list to watch. Uh, and yeah, Alice, you seem to really enjoy that movie, and uh, everyone else who's watched seems to really enjoy it as well. 
Uh, so yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, and yeah, uh, one, two, number five. Um, let's see what we have. So coming in at number five, uh, I think a lot of us had this on our list. Uh, it is Sonic 2. Um, I love this movie. I thought this was the perfect way you can adapt Sonic to the big screen. I enjoyed playing the games when I was younger. And now uh, watching all the characters in the big screen, especially that post credit scene, I love this I movie. I need you to send me Kevin's list because I'm very <laughs> confused at this man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin, what? Kevin has very distinct taste in movies. He's, he's, he's kind of old school. He doesn't like those. He he doesn't like stories, is what I like to say. Uh, which, <laughs> you mean good movies? Yeah, he he doesn't like. He doesn't seem to enjoy a slow burn uh, story. He just seems to like some action uh, with a lot of goofy jokes and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. But uh, I had it. Wow. I had it on my list. Kevin had it, and obviously you had it on your list. Uh, but uh, but yeah. What were your thoughts on this movie? So to me, this movie was exactly what it needed to be, and honestly, a step in the right direction. And for multiple things, both for video game movies as a whole, video game properties as a whole, and I right. think um, also uh, the Sonic franchise. The Sonic franchise in general, previous to this year, you know, one thing I thought would be cool, we never really did, but for 2022, it would have been cool. It's kind of like a Sonic year talking about some Sonic projects because Sonic actually had a bit of a renaissance this year you had the TV show which got some decent reviews you had the movie you had the game all of which which while not the uh, most amazing things all did a good job at setting it back on the right track after you know the franchise itself hasn't been that good I think this movie you know for it had its limitations obviously you know I think that a, a movie that has a approach like say something like Mario is doing where you're lived in the world as opposed to animal characters in the human world. That's always going to be better to have the more lived in approach. But even for that, I think it did a good job at the human characters probably being the least annoying that they are in these type of movies. <laughs> you know, I personally like James Marsden's character, Donut Lord or whatever his name is. I think he does pretty well. Um, Jim Carrey's, uh, I really liked him getting back into Eggman. I also thought Idris Elba and, um, Colleen did really good as Tails, Tails and Knuckles, respectively. I'm excited to see, you know, what goes for the rest of the Sonic franchise. It wasn't my favorite video game adaptation of the year. That definitely go to Arcane, probably. Uh, but it was definitely a really good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that, uh, thing that, uh, that Kurt. That video game curse to movies um, should be put to bed. Like this, this year alone, we've had so many good video game to movie project, movie or just media in general. Uh, and yeah, uh, I just uh, I can't I can't wait to see where this franchise goes next. You know, I think this was more of a nostalgic pick for me because uh, again, uh, I I recently got into the Sonic video games. I used to watch the Sonic TV show, Sonic Boom, Sonic Ultimate, and uh, yeah, uh, watching Sonic on the big screen live action with Cyclops himself was uh, amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, anything else you want to add before we go on to number four? We're approaching our top five now. I know that they're going younger for the DCU, but it's honestly weird that no one ever puts James Marsden in the Superman conversation. Hmm. 
I think he would have made a decent Superman when he was when when he was playing. Si- yeah, Cyclops. I mean, like I feel like at this point, it's kind of like since we know they're going younger at this point, it's kind of a it's not in. But just thinking about it, and all the fan casts that fly around, I feel like if we had been talking about this around the time we were casting Man of Steel, he, he would have been a decent pick. Probably, probably. Uh, but coming in at number four, uh, only two people have this on this list, and that's uh, me and Sam, the Northman. Uh, yeah, this this movie was epic, beginning to end. Uh, have you watched it, Alice? Yeah, okay. that's my pick. Yeah. I have no clue about. This is what I like to call uh, a slow burn. It's a thriller. It's a slow burn, sort of. Uh, it's about it's it's a deep dive into uh, a couple of characters, uh, but there's also a very gory action. Uh, throughout the movie and uh, as you can see sam had it as his number one movie of the year i had it on number two uh and uh yeah um i don't know how to talk much about this movie before without spoiling it Uh, it's a deep dive into norse mythology uh specifically it it doesn't have all your supernatural connections you know to thor what is it with with people deep diving into norse mythology this year oh yeah (laughs) you know we had god of war ragnarok uh, thor love and thunder and now the northman loki Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of stuff, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's uh, it doesn't have any of those um, uh, god uh, god connections like Thor, Odin, Loki. None of that. It's just uh, a bunch of Vikings who believe in that mythology, uh, and then you take a deep dive into a couple of characters who are uh, on a journey uh, to complete a certain mission. Uh, and yeah, it's a pretty simple plot, um, but uh, uh, it makes for a compelling and exciting movie. Uh, that's the best I can describe it in a, without spoiling it. But uh. Uh, but yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched it, do definitely watch this movie. It's it's a it's a, it, top thirty of all time, maybe for me. I will check it out. Uh, but have you watched uh, Vinland Saga? The anime? No. Okay. Uh, this is the closest thing we'll get to Vinland Saga in live action, and that's a good way of saying it uh, for our listeners. If uh, if you have watched it. I will uh, but, keep that in mind also. <laughs> uh, we're, we're approaching our top three. Uh, before before we uh, go, any quick, quick predictions? What do we think our top three movies might be? Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think. I, mean, I could just cheat and look. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious. I'm yeah. I'm surprised. There's yeah. I feel like Batman has to. I know I ranked it. I put it on there. So. If no one else put it on there, I'm going to be mad. Um, honestly, we'll see. Let's see, what, let's see what it is. We'll see what's going on. Let's see what it is. We'll see what it is. All right. Coming in at number three. Is, uh, in just a second. It is um, the latest Marvel Studios project. It is Wakanda Forever. Uh, we, oh, we all had it on our list for Kevin and Taylor. Oh, wait. Actually, let me just say this. None of Taylor's movies made it onto the our top ten. None of the movies he picked because his his choices were uh, a lot of the movie uh, a lot of movies from uh, outside of twenty twenty two because this was uh, basically a list of movies we've watched this year, not necessarily okay. twenty twenty two. So none of Taylor's movies have made the list. So uh, sorry, Taylor, if you're uh, listening or watching, uh, you're probably not. But uh, but yeah. Um, so I had this on the I had this on number eight. Uh, Tom had a number six. Sam had a number four, and Alice, you had a number five. Uh, well, again, uh, we've talked about we've talked about this movie quite a lot, but uh, you know, for our listeners who might just be joining us for the first, uh, 
Uh, what do you th- uh, what would you tell them about? The- For me, the only reason it's number five is just by virtue of this being such a stellar year for movies. But mm-hmm. again, this was to me a bang up movie. It in it did to me everything that a sequel needs to do. This to me should be in the same conversation of super, of sequels like The Godfather to like Spider Man to like uh, Infinity War. It takes the you know the elements of the first one and improves on it in every way. That's not to say it's a perfect movie. Of course, every movie has flaws, but this was just more. I think definitely shows that Ryan Coogler has been improving his filmmaking. I think, you know, taking Talakan and Namor, um, introducing Ironheart, what we're finding out now is some even more Thunderbolt setup and stuff like that. This movie had to juggle a lot and did it all pretty well um, and still had the virtual feeling like, again, you could watch this movie and you could watch um, the first one and pretty much have just a Wakanda centric corner and not even have to really pay much attention to the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm really looking forward to what Ryan Coogler does. You know, we've already, we've gotten some recent leaks looking at the um, Ironheart and now it's looking like it's already going to be taking a pretty different direction, probably more in line. It looks like with some of his previous works, you know, with like Fruitvale station and other things like that. Um, you know, mixing kind of that ma- ma- war versus magic versus tech. If mm-hmm. they tap him to do, you know, he's basically dropped some not so subtle hints that the Okoye, the Wakanda show is going to be some type of Okoye Midnight Angels project, which again, mm-hmm. I'm all excited for. If they also that potentially, potentially tap him to do. That could potentially also lead going? into Thunderbolts and uh, Captain New World Order, right? Uh, the Okoye show. The way yeah, I'd probably say I'd probably say tie in more than lead into just because I'd imagine we probably would have heard something about it now since they're in the middle of filming if it led into it. So we probably would have heard something about it now. So I'd imagine either they'll be closely related or like around the same time if they do. But yeah, either way, I think that, you know, whatever he does, whatever direction they decide to do a kind of stuff in, I'm very excited for. Uh, The last thing I would say is I feel like in general, people owe Letitia Wright an apology. Even looking into some of her comments probably was a bit more overblown than what she actually said. Not that I do think that people bear responsibility, but I think a lot of people levied an unjust amount of hate and, you know, negativity towards the question of could she fill the role? She owned this movie. She brought a level, I think, of depth to Shuri that wasn't present in the first movie because I honestly think it didn't, it wasn't her movie, but this being her movie, she got to absolutely shine through. And I'm really excited to see her continue the Black Panther world. I had this on number eight on my list. Um, I thought it was a solid movie. Uh, again, uh, as you said, uh, it's because, again, uh, the we, we had some amazing movies this year. Uh, and uh, yeah, it would be, uh, it, it's a shame that it's only this though, because any other year, this would have been way, way higher on my list. Uh, and yeah, the perfect way to describe this movie, I, I love. The introduction of Talokan, Namor, introduction of um, the Talokans, or the, uh, is that what you call them, Talokans? Um, and, you know, the uh, subtle plot details. Talokanians. Talokanians, yeah. Um, whatever it is, uh, overall, uh, the way they were integrated this movie was absolutely fantastic. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, Letitia Wright was, again, amazing. 
uh, Denai Gu- Guerra uh, as uh, Okoye was also fantastic in that. Yeah, it was a fan. It was a, it was an amazing movie. The best Marvel project this year, and it would have been the best uh, superhero project this year if it wasn't for uh, a, a DC a DC character, uh, the guy who changed the power hierarchy of the DCU. But uh, but uh, yeah, overall I, I overall I enjoyed this. Um, should we take a look at it, number two? Um, so this might sort of settle number it. Number two. Number two. Let's do it. Uh, surprising one, actually. Uh, I thought this would be a lot lower, but uh, I'm glad it's this high on this list. And uh, coming up in number two is Nope. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad this finished in number two. I had it on number four on my list. Tom had it number five. Sam had it on number seven. Uh, and Alice, you had it uh, on number two as well. Uh, what, were, well what do you think about this movie? Because we never actually got to talk about it. This movie, in my opinion, I truly believe that if given enough time, James... Not James. Jordan Peele. I'm on. I've been. We didn't talk about James Gunn too much. If given enough time, Jordan Peele will be one of the best directors. Not best horror directors. Not best science fiction directors. Not best black directors. I think he will be talked about in the same conversation as Steven Spielberg. And doing because everything this dude touches is literally great. He did mm-hmm. Key and Peel, and that was great. He did Get Out, and that was great. He did Us, and that was great. This movie, I think, took the best elements of both Us and Get Out and improved on it. It right. wasn't, it had, I think personally, it had, it's a very deep movie, but it does it in such a way where you can read it as just a straightforward adventure horror movie and still get that level but it's social commentary is done I think a lot smarter and tighter so that way it's not just as blatantly obvious as it was in other things the cast I think was done great um oh, Daniel uh, Daniel and Kiki both were phenomenal also Stephen Yoon I really enjoyed him in it I haven't so I missed out I missed out on um like, I didn't have any experience with him in other projects like The Walking Dead and stuff like that. So my first exposure yeah, to him was... Um, on, uh, Amazon? Well, no, no, I was saying my first exposure to him was Invincible. Like, I missed out oh, on The yeah. Walking Dead. So my first exposure yeah. was Invincible. So this is the first time is me seeing him beyond just hearing the voice. So mm-hmm. I think he did, you know, I really enjoyed his character. Just, I'm really looking forward to. Um, this one, I guess that probably would have been my honorable mention that I should have said, Wendell and Wilde. I also, he did a horror movie with, uh, a, a Halloween movie with Henry Selleck that I also thought was really good. Um, that one, again, would have been on the list, I think, if it if it was, was like an animation more focused list. But this movie right here, I think, is probably one of my favorite twists on the UFO genre that's right. ever been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. I think, yeah, as you said, Jordan Peele, he's already in my top five directors of all time. You know, I would say Christopher Nolan, Denise Villanovu, um, Jordan Peele, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, and maybe Michael Scorsese. These are my top five directors of all time, and Jordan Peele's in it. Uh, every movie I've watched of his, I've enjoyed. Every movie he's been involved in, I, I've enjoyed. You know, Candyman, which neither Costa directed, but I think he was the producer on it. Uh, and yeah, I think his production company, Monkey Prop Productions, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna go toe to toe with um, Blumhouse uh, because the amount of projects that have lined up coming soon and. Uh, the quality of their projects is just so good, uh, and I think every every actor is going to be clawing at the chance to work with uh, a director as esteemed as Jordan Peele. Uh, and yeah, uh, I, 
there's nothing to say about this movie. It's perfection. It's um, how do I say it? It's it's you know that creepy pasta genre. You know uh, the Reddit post you see, uh, creepy pasta. It's, it's like one of those stories brought to life into a movie and done by one of the greatest directors that is living right now. So yeah, absolutely loved it. Uh, but yeah, I guess we all know what's coming in at number one. Uh, uh, if it's we... if it's Avatar, I will throw something <laughs> at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but coming in at number one is my favorite movie of the year. Uh, it is The Batman by uh, Matt Reeves. Um, I, I've I'm full of praise of this movie. You know, I I always sing praises at it. Uh, almost every every podcast. Wait, hold up. Mm-hmm. Why is this ranked number ten? <laughs> Did I send this out of order? Okay, this is supposed to be my number one. <laughs> Wait, for real? I was actually Wait, said, oh, say yeah, I must. Oh, I sent. Oh, I, yeah, I must have sent it. I must have. Yeah, I must have sent this. This is supposed to be my number one. So yeah, I was like, what? Oh, God. So <laughs> that was like... I got your entire list the other way around. Not no, because some of them are right. I must have just hold on. Let me look at. I have to look back at that because. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. While you're while you're taking a look at that, um, this uh. is my favorite movie of the year. Everything about this movie was great. Uh, you know, everything from uh, the art, from the aesthetic of Gotham City, uh, the acting uh, of Robert Pattinson, um, the cinematography by Greg Frazier, um, the soundtrack by Michael Giacchino. Everything was fantastic, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm 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 at a loss for words for how good this movie was. The pacing was great, the story was great, the villain was great, the setup was great. You know, if there's one thing I would change in this movie is that scene, little scene at the end. But uh, overall, absolutely fantastic. What do you think? This might be a bit of a controversial nerd take. Mm-hmm. But I've personally always felt that Iron Man 1 was an okay movie. I really like what it did for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's okay. Right. Um, you know, I think it was a good job. Um, movies like The Dark Knight, I personally think that Batman Begins is actually a better Batman movie than The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight is okay, but if you take out The Joker, it's just a, a, a right. cool cop movie. This movie, I think, is to me what nerds talk about, how nerds talk about Iron Man how they talk about the Dark Knight as like the quintessential comic book movie. This is everything that it needed to be. This was the perfect way you translate a character from the page to screen while making them not taking away any element. You know, he did not feel overly dark and brooding like it couldn't exist in this world. It didn't feel goofy. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't feel overly serious like the Snyder movies felt like it was trying to prove something. It had the ability to, you know, joke around with itself, but it took itself serious to a level that respected the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, all the performances were well done. Pattinson, uh, Dano, of course. This is my personal favorite Gordon. Oh, that yeah. we've seen so, on screen. So Kravitz. Relationship between Batman and Gordon in this movie. Yes. My favorite. Absolutely amazing. My man, Officer Martinez, also. <laughs> homie. Shout out to him. <laughs> so, you know, it, everything I, I think about this movie was done very well. Um, I even liked, I didn't mind the Joker scene personally. I think the cutting was a bit awkward. Uh, I think it probably would have been better maybe if they decided to just um, 
go ahead and show him all the way or maybe i think if maybe they had included that deleted scene yeah, that they that had had before scene. where he visits the prison it probably i think they should have had either both of those scenes or not either either. cat both or cut both mm-hmm. yeah For but sure. i think personally that the scene was fine i mean i know we're gonna be seeing this joker down the line you know i'm very excited to see what projects we get from this universe you know, I'm personally on the train that I would hope that this stays distinct from the new DCU, just because I want them to have full reign. But I'd be totally fine with the new DCU being built on the foundation of the Reverse. Yeah, especially because of how well this was done. This movie was done, and uh, yeah, uh, there's nothing more I can say about it. Uh, but before we wrap up, Jimmy. Um, well, what are, what are we you looking forward to uh, in 2023? Because we are in the new year, and uh, well, oh my god, it? there's way too much. There's yeah, way too much. Top three, top three most anticipated projects for 2023. Okay, so I have to always look up 2023 movies every time I try to give this, okay. so I make sure I get yeah, it right. Just because again, there's literally too much coming out, but. I would say top three, as I know right now, that I definitely know are coming out next year, are Spider-Verse at number one. Mm-hmm. It speaks for the, uh, the Mario movie as my most excited. Normally, I'd be putting like a Marvel movie. You know, we'd be getting something typical. You know, we've got Ant-Man. I'm really looking forward to. But I think that the Mario movie has a lot of potential and I'm really looking forward to. And then um, the last one, the one that I think everyone forgets about that is going to really take people off guard is um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I really enjoy the the first Shazam. I think it was everyone, you know, talks about the DC, you know, that I think is honestly probably one of the better DCU movies. I am honestly kind of bummed that we wouldn't get a potential of a trilogy probably with the new reboot. But I think Shazam, Fury of the Gods is going to be a really fun movie. No, I think this will be, you know, the type of classic fun action movie that we need. You know, not everything has to be some big log spanning saga. Right. You know, we can just have fun superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But that being said, next year we got a new Ninja Turtles movie, a new Transformers movie, the Qu- Quantumania, Peter, uh, uh, that even Disney's, you know, got some good stuff going on. Literally yeah, everyone is releasing stuff. John Wick, we got a huh? lot of stuff coming, yeah. Indiana Jones, all John that. Wick. Um, for people that like Scream, the next Scream movie's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast and Furious. Oh yeah. Uh, uh the Little Mermaid. Shoot, Barbie. I'm excited to see Barbie. I will oh, be yeah. seeing Barbie. <laughs> oh wait a minute, hold on. No wait. Okay, can I do four? Because Guardians of the Galaxy. I've said Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Again, there's there's literally two. if yeah, this year was difficult, next year. Oh yeah. Next year's gonna be literally worse. yeah. So. Oh yeah. Hopefully yeah. none of the projects get. What about you? Uh, but for me, my top three have to be across the Spider Verse, obviously. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. I was a huge fan of the first three Michael Bay Transformers movies. I love that trilogy. Anything after that trilogy, I wasn't a fan of. Uh, but Bumblebee did a good job of starting this new rebooted universe, and uh, the Rise of the Beasts. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and Oppenheimer uh, by Christopher Nolan. Uh, Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, I've loved every single project of this. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for Oppenheimer. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's those are the projects I'm looking forward to in, uh, in the next year. Uh, before we wrap up, Jimmy, do you want to add? 
No, honestly, I think this was a good, you know, I'd say this was a really good year of projects, a really good year for Frame by Frame, and I'm excited to yeah. see what we got coming up in the new year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we have a we, we have a decent amount of plans going into the new year. Hopefully, uh, we, uh, we you know this is this is my this is my first time running a podcast. I've been a panel member before, but first time running a podcast. Uh, thank you all for the, the support and feedback you've given us this year uh, when we started Save the Game. Media. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me at Instagram at underscore Jemmy four two one. And you can find me on Twitter at Amon underscore M05. Thank you all for watching. Make sure to check out our Discord server where you can chat with me, Alice, and all the other hosts from Save the Game Media. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon for a shout-out at the start of the episode. And we'll see you guys again very soon. Peace. Bye.